no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 64 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. Today is Friday, 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 Friday. Woo! Today's a big fucking day for us, man. Well, actually, today we are recording on a Tuesday, but act like you guys are listening to us on a Friday. We have our event tonight. If you are listening to this... You just told me to act like it was Friday, but you just said... You were like, oh, don't say it's Tuesday. That was the angle I was going for. That was the angle I was going for. Uh, Tonight is our event, the payout, 11-23. That is today. It is at... Not nine. Well, no, it's fucking Tuesday. It's not... The eleven twenty three right I'm now. I'm living. In, I'm living in Friday right now. <laughs> All right. Eleven twenty three, man. Make sure you guys come out. If you guys live in the Bay Area, if you guys are visiting relatives, whatever, come fucking out and come have some fun with us. We got some producer homies that are yeah. about to showcase some beats in the beginning, and then we have our good DJ friends are gonna fucking turn up for the rest of the night and i'm, yeah. I'm just trying to hear Sheck west for like eight like five hours straight that's same that's all i On really want to hear yeah that's all i really want to hear also it's like a five dollars at the door but if you bring up bring leftover plates from your thanksgiving dinner Ooh. that also you know that could be or or oh we should have made this angle on the flyer we should have said if you bring a toy to donate to kids you get it for free also that would have been a cool angle to have. That would have been cool too, but that you know, been or not much. that generous. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for listening uh, to this week's episode. Thank you guys for listening every week, man. We appreciate everybody that listens. We definitely pay very close attention to all the statistics so we know who each of you are individually. And where you live. <laughs> and where you guys are listening from. And to the people that listen in San Francisco, but you know, never actually want to meet up or anything. I'm kind Shout of out, you guys are fake. Yeah. <laughs> listening from the comfort of your own homes all right that's fine um but yeah i really appreciate jason coming out for last episode and sort of speaking about jaded course i hope you guys like that episode that was like a real like brand owner episode he's been in it for about five years so i just, i mean i thought it was a good one did you have a chance to listen to it yeah yeah it was pretty good i didn't know you <laughs> <laughs> That was the fakest <laughs> response ever. No, but go ahead, go ahead. Whatever you gotta no, say. I didn't know he was. At, he's been at it for like five years. That's tight. Five years is a shout out to you, Jason. Pretty, yeah. It's a pretty. Uh, you're in it now. Like you yeah. can't stop. You yeah. can't stop. I'll listen to it when I get home. Especially when it pays the bills, man. It's it's a it's a tough thing to like. It's like a drug addiction kind yeah. of. When you can when you realize you can make money that easily. With like, I mean, like it's like selling drugs. It's like selling drugs and also like consuming drugs if it's an addiction. But I would say like, if you make that money that easily, why would you ever stop? True. Well, I mean, we're we're getting to that point, right? We got we got merch coming. So far, (laughs) we made zero dollars off of anything that we've ever done. I'm not saying it's 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 finished yet, but we have it for tonight. Um, We're super excited about it and. I mean, do you want to say anything about it? Anything about it? Um, yeah. Designing this merch was a real headache. <laughs> it was kind of difficult. I, under, I underestimated. You know, what's funny is that we had this like super drawn out design and we were like, yeah, this is going to be sick. And then we ended up going with like the simplest fucking like graphic. Like ever. I said, like uh, in the episodes before, man, this shit, this shit's not easy. Like obviously finding a screen printer, designing it yourself. It's stuff you really have to like get down to a T because if not then like people are going to see it like oh the the lettering's off here like why is this look this way like you want to strive for perfection in any design that you make so we did our best and I like it and I hope you guys like it too so if you guys are coming out make sure you guys grab it cash please bring cash I mean we take Venmo too 
That's true. That's fine. That's true. Also, um, we'll be talking about t- in today's episode. Oh, I got I got something for you, and it's something that is actually kind of spur of the moment, and I'm and I'm glad this sort of came up. But the other day, uh, Bobby Hundreds had tweeted out this. It's like super random, super random thing. He just he was just asking like, um, basically, if anybody had watched this this show on Netflix called uh, The Patriot Act, right? Patriot Act it's ba- is basically like um, if you've ever watched like Ridiculousness or shit like the 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 late night or the the Daily Show on on Comedy Central it's kind of like one of those like shows that uh, like a comedic feel to it essentially right yeah I mean it's, it's like a like you said it's like the Daily Show or like you know there's shows on Comedy Central that do like satire and stuff like yeah, that. It's yeah, it's a, sa- a show of satire. It's hosted by Hassan Minaj. He's a comedian. I think he's super funny. We had this conversation earlier about who was better, Hassan Minaj or um, what's that little kid's name? As he's in sorry, but yeah. So the show is hosted by Hassan Minaj, and he basically covers everything from uh, global news, politics, and culture. And he just like kind of approaches it in like a really unique way and adds this little comedic background to it to, to make very, very serious things feel not so serious, which is cool sometimes because especially with all the bullshit happening on in the world today, a little uh, comedic relief always helps. Yeah, true. <laughs> Especially when he's talking about like oil spills and like globalization. It's just like, yeah, say something funny, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just gotten way too serious. Um but for those who have Netflix and for those who don't, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're just going to have to go to YouTube or fucking rip it from somewhere. But basically in uh, this recent episode, which is a, a daily talk show for him, he released an episode on the significance of Supreme. I, it just at this point, it pretty much baffles me that it's a worthy topic to talk about. I mean, not to say that we don't talk about it in every episode from since the very first one, but to see it become a major topic in a show that pretty much covers global politics like widely, it just kind of catches like me off the guard. most serious of topics. Like yeah. imagine if like Stephen Colbert on like the late night show like talked about Supreme like yeah. for an entire episode. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like that. And that that would never that probably would never happen. But obviously at the time that we're in now, like streetwear is now extremely mainstream. It is, I would say almost takes the top spot in, in regards to like athleisure as being like the most commonly worn clothing. I mean, like if you, if you guys, if, if you guys watch the episode, if you guys have seen the episode, like they're talking about Supreme on networks like CNBC and like all these other news. I like, did not know they were doing that. in general. And yeah, it really brought that to my attention. It was like, there's some new segments that are like, what, the literally the headline of the new segment is what is Supreme? Yeah. And I was like, oh <laughs> shit, You have crazy. literally like, middle-aged white men talking about what Supreme is and like what the influences behind it is. Like there's, there's, they're basically like, imagine us two, like yeah. being 60 years old and talking about Supreme. That's probably going to be a That's thing. Sick. Yeah. But like from the stance of watching it on your Fox news or CNN, it's just super random. Yeah. Did you see that one where it was like the lady is like, what is streetwear? Yeah. And then she does like a, this little makeover. Yeah. And then she's like, am I hype enough? Yeah. <laughs> just like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with people? Uh, but I, I had a chance to watch it. I, I, actually, I watched it a, a handful of times. Um, just sort of like pick and choose like where we wanted to, to start the discussion off for today's episode. And that's what we're going to be talking about throughout today's episode is like this mainstream mentality of, of streetwear and 
mostly just recapping the show. Yeah. <laughs> so for those that did watch it, then please join along with us because this is going to be fucking fun. Um, one of my favorite parts first before we start ripping the show apart is the fact that he starts with an anecdote of of like how he sort of got into streetwear. Not necessarily into streetwear, but being a sneakerhead, getting into shoes, etc. Yeah. And I always like that sort of approach when it comes to speaking about streetwear because it almost I want to say weeds out the fakes, but it it it's always nice to hear somebody's like personal experience with something and how it sort of dictates how they like sort of live in that space of streetwear. Yeah, I actually didn't know he was from out here. He's from Sacramento, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, Local college. Yeah, but I get what you're saying and I agree. Like it's always good to start off a discussion about streetwear with like some sort of anecdote like oh like I experienced this or like I experienced this and this is why I'm into streetwear or with anything really like it just you know provides the listener with a little bit of context as to like who that person is and why are they talking about yeah exactly that's a good point and and nowadays you need a little bit of um I I wouldn't say the word is clout but you need a little bit of the back end to be like hey like I can talk about this because I've experienced this yeah you know what I mean and for a lot of people to have an opinion about something is a little bit hard if you've never actually experienced it. I mean, you could do the research and everything like that, but for like, for example, like if I, I've, I was going to say like a story about fishing. Yeah. Like if I, like if I were to talk to somebody about fishing or say they were like a professional bass fisher or something, and I've never done that in my life, but maybe one or two times I've gone camping and just went fishing. I have an experience to relate to him in some sense of the word. And he can be like, Oh, well you, kind of understand where I'm coming from. So I can, I can keep talking to you about yeah, this shit. Exactly. So having that bit of a back end to talk about these experiences is really what gets people, or at least made me want to listen to him further. Like, Oh, like if he was just a normal person, say like Aziz Ansari, let's put him in the hot spot. Sure. Imagine Aziz Ansari just talking like a whole stand up about Supreme. There wouldn't be any reason for me to continue to listen. You know what I mean? You don't, like it would be lacking authenticity. Then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, you know, like authenticity can come in like a couple of different ways. But if you're just talking about it just to talk about it without any sort of or even if you had a background of just like, oh, I tried to buy Supreme once. Cool. You could talk about it forever. You know what I mean? Like it's that little bit of the back end that just makes sense to have, especially with like larger conversations like this. So within the show. He starts off with a little anecdote about how he got into industry, where how he got into sneakers, etc. And then he starts to get into a little bit of what we talked about in a recent episode, which was streetwear economics. Yeah. Right. And I wanted to have this conversation with you first in sort of understanding why this angle of like economics and cash flow and supply and demand is consistently a conversation that's happening within streetwear. It's no longer about like the collaboration or the artist inspiration behind these things. It's about what is this reselling for? Um, how much do they make and stuff like that. Everybody wants to know the, the like the quantitative shit, yeah. but nobody wants to know the, like the things that matter to us originally. I think it's because streetwear is such a driving force in mainstream pop culture and it's such a driving force in fashion culture in general that it's hard to ignore the huge demand for like streetwear and what it is and what sort of like value streetwear culture brings to the table. So of course, like you're going to have people asking, well, they're trying to, of course they're trying to quantify things like what, 
what is this worth? What is this for like worth, you know? Yeah. And I think like when you mentioned that of like the, the news outlets covering it in like yeah. the tackiest way possible, the, the main culprit was obviously Supreme, yeah. right? Because that is a name that is starting to become as household as any other mainstream clothing brand nowadays. And especially the way that they approach the topic is seen as, and it's, it's very like, it kind of puts it in a box where they just say this box logo shirt was sold at this price and is now worth this amount of money. Yeah. And that's the comparison that he makes within the first five minutes is saying like this Supreme accessory is being, is sold at a retail price of like $32 and then marked up to be like $200, which is fucking exponential, like 600% or some shit. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. But you know, the thing is with like you were talking about those newscasters, those news networks, like covering what is Supreme, what is streetwear. Yeah. They always come with a lens of somebody of an outsider looking in like they can, you can quantify things and you can look at things uh, through that sort of lens, like statistically. But at the end of the day, like I don't like, yeah, you can do as much research as you want, but I think unless you're actually experiencing it, unless you're actually like in it unless not in it but you know what i mean like unless you're yeah. actually actively participating in what streetwear is then you're not really going to understand it to its fullest extent you know what i'm saying i think it it also has a thing to do with like being against like kids yeah you know like there's always this sentiment that kids just don't know enough or they don't have the knowledge to understand what it is that they're doing there's there's always this sentiment too of i don't want to say like every older person because obviously that's not true there's but some cool older people yeah but you know Obviously, the older you get, you don't necessarily, you can't relate to the younger generation a little bit more uh, or as much as you used to, rather. I would say that. Um, so you have a lot of people, a lot of older people that are kind of confused, like what, why What's are all the hype about? Yeah, exactly. Like, why are people spending a ridiculous amount of money on this? Or why does this particular thing or this person have so much cultural value? Like, why? They, they just can't grasp it they can't yeah. put their finger and, th- on it. and that's a good point because i mean obviously you can say that to the select few things that when you look at it, it's like even me and you we can look at an item that's selling for triple the price and be like no fucking way like the like obviously like the the main example they make in the show is the supreme brick yeah who the fuck is buying a brick for quadruple the price you know what i mean it's it's what has what item is it had we we made we made the point in in the older streetwear economics episode and like what is that extrinsic value of that item yeah right like obviously a brick a single brick are the intrinsic value of that single brick is nothing because what can a brick do for you unless i don't know you're fighting somebody i don't know maybe a thousand bricks can build you a house but realistically what is that one brick going to do for you i just find it funny that Within the first five minutes, that's that was the breakdown of saying like, this is what it is, this is how much it's being sold for, and this is how ridiculous it is, and that was like right off the jump the sort of sentiment that I got. And but he he did actually, and and let me just backtrack for a second. He did provide a bit of a overall like where do the origins of streetwear lie? You know yeah. what I mean? No, like, he did for sure. Which is cool. Um, my favorite is like explaining like who James Jebbia is. Yeah. And then he showed um, that of like a, a fake James, James Jebbia in China. Oh, where the dude uh, was trying to like sign some sort of contract. Yeah. 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 It was like um, China's version of like a, like a fashion awards. Yeah. 
and it was like a completely different guy. Like James Jebby is a white guy, and then they just show like this this African guy is receiving an award as being James Jebby in China. Do you ever see those like Nigerian prince like memes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that shit's so funny. But when I saw it, I was like, it just goes to show like how fucking popular this shit is. Yeah. Like to the point where not only is it on your fucking local news, but now it's like being consistently displayed all over the world yeah globally like in china in like you have some random guy like trying to impersonate james jebby and sign a contract like (laughs) that's so crazy obviously like the average person at least get the same complexion down the same fucking complexion that's all you had to do like i'm not gonna say all white people look alike but (laughs) you could just as long as you had that you would have been perfectly fine um but let's get into a a couple of the of the economical terms that they tend to bring up that i sort of look past especially when we were talking about um streetwear economics because this is basically streetwear economics 101 part two episode part two so there's a lot of good terms that they brought up which i thought were really really good and when they called the the resale worth of of like supreme items as being supremium. I thought that was a good ass word. Really? I thought that was cool. I just cringed a little bit when you said that. Yeah, it's it's a little cringeworthy, but it could have been something that we would have made up. That would have been a cool thing we made up. But basically, <laughs> the word, as any item has being released, uh, I guess like any, just say any product, anything that's sold over the amount, of what it's worth is basically like the premium that you're paying on that item. So it's the premium, supreme item, whatever it's, it all makes sense. But I think that the way they described it is basically understanding that each supreme item has some sort of value to it. And this is the term that they're using for it, which to be honest, I thought it was pretty cool, but they did ask, they did ask a question of what is hype worth, which I thought was a good question. Like, what do you mean? Like, what is hype worth? In, like, what, in what is context? it worth? What is it? What worth does it have? So, like, if you're talking about companies taking the approach of making things hyped up because it's going to somehow make it sell out or make it cost more on the aftermarket, whatever, he asked this question of what is hype worth? And we can look at it in a couple of senses. You can look at it in a quantitative sense. You can look at it at a qualitative sense. Yeah. How do we look at it in a quantitative sense, like in terms of like like numbers? I think in terms of what is hype worth, in terms, you know, speaking from a quantitative point of view, yeah. it's what sort of numbers will this hype will hype over an item generate for me? Like sort of like what what are the mar- profit margins going to look exactly. like? You know what I'm saying? But if we're looking at it from a different lens, let's say from a qualitative point of view, it's what sort of if we're talking about like extrinsic versus intrinsic value what sort of intrinsic value does maybe possessing this hype item what popularity am i gonna yeah exactly like exactly exactly and he does a he does a good job at understanding those two two dichotomies which is which i appreciated and i'm just gonna say this for the overall episode i wasn't mad at it yeah you know like i wasn't mad at somebody who most people would in this game would consider to be an outsider covering something that he may not know hundred percent about. Like, obviously we do the same thing. We're not like ingrained in this shit, but we have an opinion on it being consumers Yeah, and him being a consumer, he has the right to talk about it as well. Nobody owns Supreme except for 
Nigerian James W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's raking in lots of yeah, cash. Exactly. Um, but yeah, in the sense of him talking about this, it it was okay. But I mean, so so let's talk about the the next thing. So he talks about this this sort of understanding that um, no, actually, he brought on a I don't know his name off top, but he's basically his his job is to basically analyze sneakers or analyze streetwear. His career is to like pay attention to what goes on in the world of streetwear. Why, why are it's we doing job, that? Dude. Why are we he's doing like, that? He's literally like 60 something years old and that is his job. And Fuck so, that guy. And, and so basically, uh, Hassan Minaj has him on the show and interviews him and basically asks him questions about why things the way they are within streetwear. Like why... Why do people sell things at a lower quantity for, and why is the price so high? And he sort of explains all of this in a, in a quick summary, but he does this really cool piece where he basically asks the guy how, how many pairs were released of these particular shoes. So he asks him like, okay, how, how many pairs of the 2012 Jordan ones with the black and red are like kind of off? Like how many pairs did they release to that off top of his head? He says like, a hundred thousand, like no hesitation. Jeez. He just has quantity down. He named maybe like five or six shoes and just said every single quantity piece to that, okay. to that shoe. Okay. Maybe I take that back. And so this dude is, he's basically, uh, he basically does consulting for all these, all your favorite streetwear companies, like, uh, even like athletic sportswear companies like Nike and Puma and Adidas and basically tries to have people that work there understand that if you do it this way, you'll get these results. Yeah. If you have this quantity, you'll get these results. And just that alone, like the fact that somebody can like understand it from a very microscopic level of like how this game works, it turns streetwear into a game of checkers into like a fucking game of chess. I was going to ask you, do you think it's essentially just a numbers game? It has nothing to do with like, you know, like consumer psychology and like what's going on and sort of like the influences that are, you know, I think I think it takes it takes both angles. Like yeah. when you say it's a numbers game for sure. Like you can not you, you can be a reseller and not pay attention to anything. All you all you know is there's these amount of pairs in my local store. This is what it's going for on StockX and this is how much I'm going I'm going to make off it. That sort of like like one like I can't I can't explain it, but that's sort of like one mind one mentality of just like this 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 and that's all I care about. That that is an angle of it, but there's also that angle of being like, if you're like the other kid, where you're sort of stuck in that in that rut of being like, okay, I'm gonna spend my hard-earned money on this thing. I know I can resell it and make this money, but there's this girl at school that might think I'm cool if I wear this. So there's like, there is a a, a psyche that goes into why people do the things that they do, especially with these clothing, because. He goes into and explaining. It's like if everybody can get one, then nobody wants it, and that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from because, like, you know, looking at it from my own perspective, like my personal point of view, just because something is limited, just because there's five of one item, doesn't mean I feel suddenly obligated to get that oh, because of it's like yeah. cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And two things can be right in this sense. Yeah. But also, we do this thing a lot where uh, we're 
when we know somebody that we don't necessarily want to wear certain things that we like and we see them wear it, yeah, it's off for us. Oh, yeah. And like it's the same thing it's going on grilled exactly exactly i've seen it before and but but i mean like that the mentality is is within us in certain degrees but it may not be as obvious as being like oh like there's 30 pairs like this doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that i want it but if the kid that is just completely whack is wearing it it may push us away from it. So it's kind of like the it's kind of like the same mentality if you think about it because there is I'm not going to say it's it's a kind of an insecurity but I think for us it's like um I won't even call it like a defense mechanism. But there's something within there that is psychological to be like, wait, why do I act like this if if somebody else has the same shit as me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like is is that like a, a outlandish like I feel like that, I think, that's the way I think it's look. fairly natural. Yeah. I mean for instance, if we both wore the same shoes on the same day. I'm just trying to be comfy that yeah, day. Yeah, you know? same, man, same. No, you... <laughs> but if somebody else wore the same pair of shoes... I'm changing. Wore, I'm changing. Changing. Depends on, it depends on if I like them or not. It depends yeah, on if I want to be on the same level as them or yeah. like if I feel like they deserve to be on the I'm same level as I'm trying to establish <laughs> dominance. <laughs> no. The apex predator of the streetwear game. <laughs> but I mean, that's a real thing. And and that's the sort of like, like he kind of explains it as like having this like macho mentality. And we talked about this in the, in like more recent episodes of being like streetwear used to be, or at one point there was an angle where people used to wear things to impress other guys. And <laughs> I think that's still the case. I think, I think it is too, but I obviously from the way you talk about it, there's an, a, the, the approach of like, this is going to make me money. I don't give a shit about who's wearing what or what this, what I'm going to look like wearing this. I need money. And I think that's starting to be like the, um, the majority of people when it comes to like streetwear nowadays. And that's sort of like what he's getting to in, in the episode. I mean, and if you think about it, there's real money be, to be made out there. Like some people Crazy do this money. full time, like resell Crazy shit money. full time. And that's their living. And they make, they can make upwards of, I don't know, like 50 to like, let's say on the, you know, on the larger scale, like a hundred thousand dollars a year reselling shit. Dude, like some people start legitimate businesses off of that. If you go like, there's a million of them in New York, dude, yeah. like just cause there's the famous ones of like flight club in, in a uh, round two doesn't mean that there aren't like mini pop mom and pop shops all over the place of kids who just make, get like 10 K down payment on a fucking small piece of property. And then they have a shop exactly you know like it's crazy if you think about it you get let's say you get a pair of like 200 dollars shoes you flip them for like a thousand dollars each you know that's like 800 dollars a profit if you do that like x amount of times you have fucking thousands of dollars I'm sitting in your, yeah dude. you have thousands of dollars sitting in your bank in your bank account like it's it's such a lucrative game and we talked about this in the the economics episode yep. where we we're mentioning all these like economic terms um what was it called? Was that was that phase called? Fuck the the profit taking phase. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like the like the greediness yeah. phase. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, it was like the the scale that high high had made in regard to like the bubble effect or whatever. Yeah. Um, but let's switch gears and let's talk about the ultimate reseller. Let's talk about reseller number one. Let's talk about the Carlisle Group because they focus on that for for a majority of the episode. Um, and sort of document, which is the part that completely blew my mind. It was like 
such a, a crazy realization of who this, these people were. Because when we when we had uh, done that episode about Supreme being evaluated at close to like a billion dollars and the Carlisle Group investing over five hundred million into them, like we just thought like, oh, like this is just a group that you know, like they also own brands like I think it's like like KFC and like car rental companies and like just like they own the most in regards to like what companies they're worth. So imagine you just own, I'll just put it in like reseller point of view. Say you're a reseller, you own like 400 pairs of shoes and all those shoes, their resale value is like 10 times more, whatever. You're, you're basically evaluated at a worth of hella money at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So imagine the Carlisle group as being the biggest reseller in the world, buying up brands, trying to find ways to profit off profit off them and being able to take risks with them, whether like, and they don't care like who's cool or whatever. They're just trying to make money. Yeah. So they're about their bottom line. Exactly. They don't care if it's Supreme. It could be any other brand. Like as long as you're raking in cash and as long as you have some sort of hype build around you or some, or you're in demand, they're going to be searching for you. So for example, like look at within the past year since they've been bought, we have a store opening up in San Francisco like that fast. Yeah. And whether that, whether or not that was already in the works or not, like think about it, the, the, the more, the most recent store before them was maybe like four years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago, whatever, opening up in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Like that, it was like Brooklyn. And then maybe like two years prior to that, it was like London. Right. So like, that's that, that time frame of just showing like, okay, kids love this shit. Like they're worth, this amount of money fuck it open stores all around the country yeah like let's make it bigger than what it actually is and it's probably let's, let's be realistic say 20 stores open within the next two years right say supreme doesn't sell out anymore say you can go in there and buy whatever you want box logo hoodies are always on the racks shirts are always on the racks they're just there you, if you were a kid that was into supreme would you give a shit about it anymore it depends because there are two types of consumer, like we were talking about earlier. There's one that wants it because it's exclusive mm-hmm. and exclusivity gives you some sort of like edge over somebody else. And there's the like the true enthusiast who actually likes the brand for what it is, what it stands for, yeah. actually likes the designs, things like that for what they really are, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, th- I think, I think, <laughs> uh, that was weird. Uh, I think you can find like, different examples of that with different brands. Like for instance, like, like with us and Stussy, like Stussy doesn't sell out that often. It's true. Like you, it's readily available. You can buy it at Urban Outfitters, but you know, that doesn't mean anything to us. We still like it because of X, Y, and Z, you know? I think it happens in waves. Though. Yeah, exactly. Like, like I was, I would say like I was at the peak of just like being like completely in, in, ingrained in what Supreme was doing. Maybe like from, I don't know, like 2009 to like 2014. Like I was pay attention to every preview that came out and like have my wish list and all this stuff and buying everything. And then for some reason I just lost interest in it. Not in the sense of like, I don't like it anymore, but just like, I think that a little bit of it got to me to where I was like, damn, everybody fucking has this. Like I just can't do it anymore. I think it also depends on, you know, when you initially first started liking supreme or whatever brand it is you know because the kid that just started liking them a month ago may or may not be interested in them you know if they do open up 20 stores you know it's kind of hard to tell yeah but 
And the same goes for the person who started liking them like 10 years ago. You know, they may not feel the same way about Supreme anymore. They may feel, you know, the same way that you feel. Yeah. That oh, the shit's everywhere. Like, I don't really care about it But anymore. what's crazy is like, I was just, I was trying to put myself in that situation of saying, okay, I love Supreme, whatever. For a second, it kind of got dry for me because of whatever. It was everywhere. It was in pop culture. Everybody, everybody had it. But then if I feel like a bunch of stores are going to open and it's widely accessible and everybody's going to have it, it almost makes me want to have it again because there's a mentality for a lot of people that are going to say that same thing. Like, fuck, everybody has it. I don't want it anymore. And that's going to make me want it even more. You know what I mean? Cause it's not resellable. It's, it's, it's just there. It's just there. Yeah. And I think that's how we were treating Stussy for the past few years. It's like, fuck, like nobody even wants this anymore. Like the stores are closing. Like, it's it, it's whatever like and we're not looking out for it anymore they were releasing shitty stuff for a while but like now it's just like okay like they're just like a, a normal brand for us like yeah. when i'm looking at like gap or like old navy like stussy's just like right there it's just a brand now like yeah you, i don't attach any sort of anything to it if that makes sense yeah i mean like of course there's certain items where i'm like oh shit that's so sick but it's just like you said it's just there it just it, it exists it's kind of it's it's normal if you will yeah it's kind of hard to explain it but you like know. i don't i don't attach any sort of weight to the brand if i'm yeah. wearing it like stussy is as simple as if you're wearing levi's at yeah. this point like, it's just like quintessential like streetwear it's just clothing yeah like in, and it's it's weird for it to get to that point but i feel like it has to go through the motions of extreme hype to like it being dead to hype again to being dead and then just eventually just leveling out and just being clothes yeah do you think supreme will ever reach that point where i mean because obviously stussy is like such a big brand it's been such a big brand big brand jesus christ i can't talk today um do you think supreme will ever reach that or do you think they sort of surpass that well they they and that's a good question because they bring up this point um and use this term called veblen goods which basically says that uh the price goes up as the demand goes up yeah. So over the over however many years, the price will always stay high in some way, shape, or form. Now, you look at like goods like you can find you can go on the Supreme site now and get a duffel bag. Three, four years ago, you would never be able to get a duffel bag, right? Yeah. But that same duffel bag that is still in stock, once it's gone, it's gonna be worth some, way more than retail f- for some reason. Yeah. So just like Rolex, how even after this insurmountable amount of time, it's still worth something. That's basically what Supreme's going to be. But there's always going to be some sort of value attached to it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I think, you know, if you watch the episode, Hassan Minaj does a really good job of explaining what exclusivity exclusivity is. And with Supreme, it's like, you know, they release something once in a limited quantity for a limited amount of time. And after that, it's gone forever. Yeah, It's never going to re-release you know, well, certain items, like, of course, like the box logo, like shit like that. But, you know, like items are almost like one offs. Like you're never going to be able to get that again. Yeah. It's because that mentality of like year making model. Yeah. Continues to like perpetuate every Supreme item. It's yeah. like if it's like a 2010 to 2012, it's like, holy shit, like that's worth some money. Like a graphic tee from that year is maybe like over a hundred dollars, but like a graphic tee from like this past season is only like 
60. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that year making model mentality is, is basically going to perpetuate like keeping it above like from drowning. <laughs> so like, obviously, like you said, like items sell out, they don't make them ever again. They get sort of rotated around the resellers market until, I don't know, they get destroyed. I don't know what, how it happens to close. Um, and then they'll be worth something when there's only 10 left. It's going to be worth something like they just that, get stuck in streetwear purgatory. Yeah, exactly. SB dunks, Supreme SB dunks. Those yeah. things are worth a shit ton. And you would think that people would just be tired of them. Like, but it's always going to be worth something, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean like just in, just in general, like that is the sort of translation of how things are going. And when we talk about the Carlisle group, we talk about the biggest resellers of all time. They talk about how basically like spreading, I wouldn't say spreading Supreme Thin, but with the idea in mind that spreading them thin is going to make them money, their basic intuition is that, you know, what they're doing only has of one importance and that's to make money. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, their business after all. Of course. Like it's always about the bottom line. That's their goal. Yeah. But this is where it gets really, really funny. And if I would have done a little bit more research and I definitely don't have the research capabilities of getting this deep, that basically they explain that the Carlisle group, it invests money in all these companies, right? Buys out all these companies. Well, (laughs) they also mentioned how they also invest money in that of uh, like military warfare weapons and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So one of their, like one of their leading, um, leading companies that they invest in is called Bay, B-A-E, right? For some British air, air, British air enterprise. I don't know what the fuck it stands Damn, for. Me and Bay. Me and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, that. I've heard of it though. It's like Bay Systems or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they supply that of like drones and like, uh, choppers and shit like that. Things that are in the air. I don't know. Um, you know, yeah. like the kill streak in like Call of Duty, like the that UAE shit, like, like five to seven kills yeah. when you get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that um, basically those machines are used in fucking warfare. And so the way he describes it, I obviously didn't do a good job at it, but the way he describes the sort of the, and he translates that of it starts with Supreme and ends with Israeli getting bombed. And I'm like, how the fuck do you get it to that point? I mean, at the end of the day, like those are some of the two most lucrative businesses that you could have, you know, I guess Fuck. in 2018 streetwear and fucking War- war. <laughs> warfare. It's like that term blood diamonds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you're paying the cost, not just for what it is and how rare it is, but how hard it was to fucking get it. Yeah. Have you seen that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? I did actually. It's a really good movie. It was a really good movie. Yeah. But imagine that now. Imagine the, I don't even think that like kids are even thinking that far. To, I mean, they're, Kids probably don't even care that Hassan Minaj is talking about Supreme, but to think about him bringing it down to that one fact of Supreme equals this, you know what I mean? Like we're obviously like, I just, it's hard to, to really, you're indirectly funding people dying. Exactly. Way to go. Exactly. Was it worth it? Shit, man. Kind of. It kind of blew my mind just to like hear him like sort of make that connection. Yeah. But like a lot of our things, right? It's there's always like an indirect consequence of the things that we buy, right? Like I love Nike. Nike has places where they make shoes. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like there are all like these things don't these things aren't cheap for a reason. Yeah. And when you start to and 
man, we're just ahead of our time here. When you start to talk about sustainable items, sustainable products, then you start to become a little bit more conscious of like what it is you're spending your money on. Yeah, because I mean, if we're being real, like the clothing industry is the most harmful industry to the environment, I believe. Damn. Yeah, Yeah. I think there was like a waste factor to that that we talked about. Like in terms of like how much waste is put out into the environment because of like dying, because of like... I'm talking about like clothing die, not like people die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can clothes die? (laughs) But um, you know what I'm saying? Like there, like you said, there is always like either an indirect or a very closely linked consequence to whatever it is that you're purchasing. Yeah, and we could all go down the rabbit hole of like the what is the at what expense am I wearing this shirt or whatever? Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, we literally just talked about like being on Wikipedia and going like ten like yeah pages deep, into or, like, the into the dark deep. hole yeah. of of things, yeah. you know, like <laughs> <laughs> into the black hole of things, whatever. Okay. But we could sure all enough. we could all go down that rabbit hole, and it really makes you think about what it is that you're paying for and what you're. Uh, it's almost like you're not acknowledging it, but what's what's the word I'm trying to use when you're trying to uh, co co snap the fingers co. Co- cosine. cosine cosine there you there go, you go. You, <laughs> that, was, that was so bit. hard <laughs> but yeah you know what i mean like w- what is it that we're spending our money on what are we indirectly co-signing for yeah. and should we give a shit about it you know what most people don't and you know what i probably don't either but i mean i'm i'm in the same boat as you you know like we obviously know that's that nike is made in certain places places in Eastern, Middle Eastern, not Middle Eastern, Southeast East Asia. Asian countries, yeah. you know what I mean? But we still continue to buy the same shit. And are we hypocrites? I don't know. You know, like our, like now that people know about what is happening with Supreme or that it indirectly supports this, you think they're going to stop buying it? No, not at all. I don't, I think, I don't so think so. Because the target demographic of Supreme is bl- sort of below that threshold of wanting to care about shit like the outside fucking world you know what i'm saying fucking t- target audience for supreme probably doesn't even vote like, yeah <laughs> i mean because they're probably like 13 and 14 like what did you care about when you were 13 14 hanging out with your friends pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh cards at 13 and 14 you're yeah. in, that's high school at a big childhood all right <laughs> <laughs> kind of explains a lot Susie <laughs> <laughs> and uh okay. Yu-Gi-Oh cards <laughs> no but you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's a um, it's a crazy understanding of like where streetwear is now, right? Because yeah. you would have never thought that there would be this connection between this shirt I'm wearing on my back and potentially people dying because of it. Yeah. Or that the group that sponsors this clothing is also a result of this. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think Supreme had any idea? I'm sure they had to do their research at some point. Yeah. Or being Supreme that they're just like, don't give a fuck mentality. It's like, fuck it. I mean, like... At the end of the day, I haven't said that in a while either. At the yeah, end of the day, and you got it right not, first time. Yeah, I have not dropped that in a while. But anyways, um, I mean, of course, like it's important to be ethical when doing business. But at the same time, like some people, like we said, some people don't care. Sometimes it's about the bottom line. Like I still throw money. my water bottles in the trash. Yeah, I'm you sorry. Do. <laughs> you do too. Yeah, I do. In my own I, house. <laughs> I don't have a recycling bin at home, even at my house. We don't recycle. It's, okay. it's all right. But yeah, like that's mean, just like a colored people thing. Like no. No? Well, no. Do you compost? 
No, that's yeah, extreme. Yeah, that's a that's way too If I don't recycle, extreme. I'm definitely not composting. What stuff is even compostable? Like paper, food. Paper is not compostable. Yes, it is. Look it up. What kind of paper? Like any fucking paper. Not all paper is compostable. <laughs> okay, like the, I guess like, you know how they have like fucking acid-free paper? Like <laughs> Where paper? are you buying your paper from? <laughs> I know that eggs, eggshells, banana peels... Those are the only two things I've ever seen compost, <laughs> to be grounds. honest. Coffee grounds. I don't ever see paper. <laughs> you know how long it takes paper to, to disintegrate? Like Not that all, not that long. No. It Have take, you ever wet paper before? I've taken like like geology class. Like I know how long. Geology is about rocks. It's not about paper. Geography class? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> There's a class where I learned about like compost. It was a science class, but it basically says like, I think it's called the half-life. Whatever the half-life is on, on an object is how many years it takes a, for it to, to disintegrate. Right? No, that has to do with atoms. We're all made of atoms. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, that has to do with like the elements. Everything's made of elements. Okay, That's right, what I... Whatever. All right, man. Sure. All right. I, <laughs> I guess to, to, our, to our point, that was the sort of answer that I was looking for in being like, are people still going to be shopping for this shit? An unfortunate answer is yes. And we can't be as politically correct as we want to be. And I'm not saying that the Carlisle group is wrong or anything like that. I'm not even going to be that woke for this episode. I just wanted to bring you guys what I learned in a recent uh, recent show. But other than that, I mean, just all I can really say is just pay more attention to the shit that you buy. I mean, you could do the research, you could do whatever you want, but... I mean, shit. you're still probably not going to, but... Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but but always keep that in mind, especially... With things like this. Or yeah. someone is going to make it apparent that things are happening. And yeah. then it's your choice on whether or not you want to continue yeah. with it. But like I said, just wear things for the purpose of wearing them. For, for whatever that's, goals. That's and, always like such a cop-out ending to such, each episode. It's such a good <laughs> ending. You know what I mean? We always have to have a fucking <laughs> silver lining on everything that we it do. It always ends with okay? like, well, in conclusion, like just wear whatever you want. Like, that's always <laughs> you said, no, we have to cover it up because you mentioned fucking. You said co only colored people are the ones <laughs> with fucking recycling bins. This is the silver lining that we have to place over this shit, okay? Just to be politically Jesus correct here. Christ. Don't right. forget, guys, we have an event tonight. <laughs> if you would like to show hands to Nate for his outlandish <laughs> comments, please come out and support oh, us, man. Shit. Black Friday, first event. We got merch. It's going to be a lot of fun. Shit, man. That got me out of breath. <laughs> I think I, I think a tear came down yeah, my same. eye. Yeah, same. Jesus oh, Christ. Man. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys listening yeah. to this week's episode. Any last words, man? No, man. I think that's good. Let's just end it on that note. <laughs> that's it. L All right. Later, guys. Thank you, guys. We'll yeah. catch you next week. Peace. Yo, don't forget, if you'd like to continue the conversation, be sure to follow us at No Chance Podcast on all social platforms. And make sure to use the hashtag HeyNoChance so we can see your questions to address on future episodes. We'll catch you later. Peace. Peace.